We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packers fans and packer nation welcome into a week 18 saturday edition of the injury report presented by pack a day podcast i am matt fralick alongside me is eli berkovitz janelle Mackey cannot make the injury report recording today because Eli, she sacrificed her immune system to get us a win on her voyage from Minnesota to Lambeau Field last weekend in the the routing of the Vikings. So um, you called her selfish earlier in the DMs. I, you know, would like Janelle on here. I don't think if I go to that far extent of being selfish, but she's got to rest up because I heard her on the, uh, I guess I heard, I I did hear her on um, open book and she sounded a little, little raspy, but I appreciate that she could battle through during the week, but but rest assured that she should rest up um, at this point. She says, please, she just literally, must. her ears must have pinged. Uh, she says, say, say good things about me in my absence. And I've already checked that box. So it's yeah. literally all up to you at this point. Yeah, I guess now that she said that, I really have to say good things. But no, uh, Jen definitely gets a fair pass for not being here today, uh, sacrificing her vocal cords and all that to be at the Packer game. And she happens to have a very good track record at Packer games, so it was a good thing she was there. Clearly brought them some good luck and a big routing of the Vikings, which really was uh, what some of the most fun I've had watching a football game in a long time. 
Oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. I actually got home from a family gathering last Christmas gathering. My brother ended up coming to watch the game with me, and like it was a good time just to like see an absolute butt kicking like that. But we are into week 18. Eli, I never thought we'd get to this point, to be honest. Win and we're in. I know the Lions need a little bit to go their way with the Seattle game, but uh, let's get into the injury report. Before we dive in fully, uh, there was a report yesterday I saw um, locally from Fox WLUK 11 um, about it was right after practice or near the end of practice, at least I thought, there was an ambulance that ended up going to the Ray Nitschke Center, which is like, whoa, that's kind of concerning, especially with the week that's been um, throughout the NFL. And it ended up being a practice squad player, DQ Thomas, inside linebacker out of Middle Tennessee. He was signed to the practice squad like and uh, end of September, it looks like. Um, but, you know, he is a rookie. It sucks that he got hurt. It was actually, it sounds like a knee-to-knee collision based off of what uh, Mike, or excuse me, Matt LaFleur had said. It sounds like it just freak accident, fractured his femur, ended up having to actually have surgery. It sounds like as of noon on Friday, surgery was successful kind of shitty for a guy like you know i'm sure everyone at that point was like oh man like what is this injury kind of crazy for an ambulance to go there i guess it was precautionary just because of that injury they could have taken him out on they they normally would take out players on a cart but just with this type of injury i guess it was the ambulance so packers essentially you know miss a scary injury that could have been towards the end of the season here getting into week 18 but ultimately um dodged a bullet essentially and hope you you hope we hope dq thomas can get back on his feet not literally but figuratively and you know establish some sort of career after that injury but let's get into the injury report um start with the packers super limited the big one all week um besides you know the notable ones we've seen week in and week out the last month besides david bakhtiari besides aaron jones lower body um you know, Aaron Rodgers, of course, Christian Watson. Those guys all were limited in practice all week. Uh, full participant for Rodgers on Friday and set, or, and Thursday. But the big one we were looking at all week was Josiah Tagore's calf. One of those that kind of, as we've come to know, like kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, I've been a skeptic of Deguara since he's been on the Packers. I believe I've heard some remarks probably across all of Packers Twitter, just like what he's has been. But I would say over the last two months has been a contributing factor in the run game. And he flares up with a, with a calf injury. Didn't well, was not listed on Wednesday. And that had a little bit to do with the walkthrough. Um, you know, just a lot of teams were assessing, you know, internally how the you know the mental health of their players were after the, the scary incident that happened on Monday night in Cincinnati, but he was not listed with an injury on Wednesday. So you don't really know if he would have practiced or not, but then DNP on Thursday, he actually did practice on Friday. Rob Domoski reported um, when he was at practice that the everyone practiced. Josiah DeGuar was a limited participant and he is questionable with his calf injury. So we'll start with that one. Just like what sort of impact do you think that this could have on not the passing game? I don't think, but definitely the run game where Josiah DeGuar has been an impact the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I think it could definitely be at least a, a somewhat of an impact. I think, you know, we can get into the argument, obviously, as you kind of mentioned about, you know, drafting him in the third round. But for what he is, for essentially a fullback kind of player, he's, he's a good lead blocker. Like, you want him out in front of your running backs when you can get him there. Obviously, we know about Mercedes Lewis blocking on the edges, but he's not really going to be that lead blocker going out of the backfield. So, Deguara has been uh, definitely a part of that run game. And just looking at the Packers' uh, tight ends, I, I mean, you don't really notice it so much because they're not so involved in the passing game. But between Tunyon, Lewis, Deguara, and Tyler Davis, all of them play 
decently meaningful snaps every game. And I'm just right now just looking through the NFL. Sure. I would see any other team uh, that has four, and most teams don't even have three guys playing as many snaps at tight end as the Packers do. So tight ends are a big part of it. But so, yeah, I definitely hope DeGuire could be out there. But again, you know, at least in terms of the passing game and it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's, you know, a massive game changer, but it, it would be nice to see him out there. I think he's definitely a good blocker to have. Yeah, 100 percent. Like and exactly not in the passing game. I think the passing reps have mostly gone to Mercedes Lewis and Tunyon over the last couple of weeks. But again, like you mentioned, very far and few between for the tight end group. Tyler Davis has basically fallen off the map as far as tight ends go from where we saw him in August or people predict him in August. But I do think Josiah Deguara missing in a game that will be outdoors where we've seen the Packers establish the run a little bit more with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon more consistently. I think Josiah Deguara will be missed. Just the way they've been able to motion him out or excuse me, motion him in from outside of the numbers from you know, two back sets that are shotgun or a single back set and then able to get him kind of in motion and to get a, a chip there and a good some good rum fits has been has been huge. But um, we'll see if he can go crazy. That, like I didn't think as of Thursday, with the DNP and then a not listed on Wednesday, um, you know, depending how that shook out with just like the way the team handled the walkthrough in the practice that we didn't even see him practicing on Friday. So that's pretty huge. I think my guess is he if I had to guess, he will probably go just based off his um, his position. Uh, being a calf injury, I, I imagine his snaps already aren't in abundance, as we've already talked about, split between you know basically three guys at this point at that position, and just even how he's used in limited cap- uh, capacity. I think we'll see him getting an activation come, what would it be, 6 o'clock on Central Standard Time on Sunday, but that's just my that's my hypothesis. So just to run through quick other injuries that maybe we haven't heard of recently, um, Yash Nijman, I think is one to keep in mind. He had that shoulder injury that kind of flared up on, or he went into the game on Sunday with that shoulder injury. I believe he got tweaked again with a stinger or something like that on, um, Sunday. And then we saw, of course, um, Zach Tom come in at the right tackle position. I ended up actually getting that prediction, right? And I think you got the same thing as like, he was going to be ready to go if Nijman didn't work out and it ended up working out that way as well. Um, but he was a full participant, full participant on Friday and, um, and literally, it's like almost the same injury report as last week. Like yeah. I already mentioned, Aaron Jones or Aaron Jones still with the knee and the ankle. Aaron Rodgers with the thumb and the knee. Christian Watson's hip. Yash or uh, Keyshawn Nixon's groin. Elton Jenkins' knee. It's literally the same injuries we've seen week after week after week. Like nothing new, um, which is good. And I think it's just like there's there hasn't really been any setbacks with any of these guys. So that's the most positive thing I take away. Um, yeah. from the injury report granted it is long but the only designation just once again to repeat is Josiah Deguara with the calf DNP on Thursday limited and actually did practice on Friday and he is questionable going into Sunday's game yeah I mean obviously uh you know there are some guys you know Rashawn Gary I would say being the number one guy on IR for the Packers right now but going into a week 18 game I don't think you could be much healthier than the Packers are right now which is not something we have uh, grown accustomed to so no I- and yeah, and I think that's – I'm glad you mentioned that because it's like something I wanted to bring up here and whether or not it's um, just the luck of the draw, how injuries have gone towards the end of the year or the Packers playing for a playoff opportunity and guys are going to grit out some injuries. But I just think it it's – you know, I think it says a lot of just, you know, there's a ton of guys on this list that could have an injury designation and maybe they're gutting through these injuries like, you know, the eight or nine guys that are already injured, they're gutting through because they want to get into the playoffs or, you know, they're just saying, hey, you you are cleared to play. It's up to you if you want to end up going. 
but I think it just kind of speaks volumes to where this team is at as far as the injury luck and then also just where they're, um, you know, winning get in. So guys are going to grit through an injury just because, like, especially if they're able to play through some soft tissue stuff or some thing that's been lingering because week 18 of the season, as we know, like, no one's really healthy at this point. Yeah. Um, as far as Detroit, something notable that I want to kind of reference of last week is we really hit on a ton about the interior of the, the Vikings offensive line. And that ended up being, I would say, one of the key factors um, from the defense and at least the offensive potential production from the Vikings last week. They were limited up front. We talked about how their backup center, um, he was in there. He ended up getting hurt early on. I want to say the first quarter, second quarter. They had the third string guy come in, which is just wild. So they're banged up. And we kind of see a similar trend here with the Detroit Lions offensive line. Obviously, Detroit Lions offensive line, really, really good. One of their key pieces and key staples to this team but let's start on the offensive side of the ball we already have a guy that's out and that's i'm gonna butcher this name okoyade awusika he's a guard backup dnp all week he is officially out with an ankle now you sit look at a backup you're like okay not that big of a deal but when they're also a different guard evan brown who's a starter for them an ankle he was limited all week full participant on friday he can kind of play that guard center position it, it appears off of uh, the depth chart I think that's a, a notable one to kind of keep tabs on, just like we kept tabs on last week at the backup center for the Vikings. But the most important one for this line would be their starting center, Frank Regnow, who has been there for a, a long, long time. Um, I would say he was like the first piece they ever brought in as far as that offensive line position. They've added more pieces that they've gone on through the years, through the draft and free agency. But he had a foot all week, DNP on Wednesday, and Thursday, and I thought for sure Friday we wouldn't even see him out there. He ended up having limited participation. He is questionable um, going into Sunday's showdown in Lambeau Field. So that's what the offensive line is kind of looking like for them. I do think I would imagine we're going to see it be a focal point for the broadcast and even just going into Sunday. These will be, again, just like just like last weekend. This These will be the key ones that I'm looking for from our opponent just to see what sort of impact we can make up front because we saw what uh, Kenny Clark was able to do. We've seen the emergence of those other rotational D, uh, defensive tackles. What are your thoughts, Eli? Is it is, are we is, is this very similar to the Minnesota Vikings last week as far as that offensive line? Do you think the offensive line is was more important maybe for the Vikings? Like, what, I guess just where are your thoughts as far as the offensive line for the health of it, that being for the Lions going into Sunday's matchup? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I think I think number one, the offensive line is more important for the Lions than the Vikings just because of how much they rely on the run. And also we know Jared Goff under pressure, not the greatest. Already on the road in the cold, not the greatest. But if he's under pressure, it's really not great. Um, and then in terms of, you know, what we're looking at kind of like last week, yeah, it, was, it made a huge difference, obviously. Not only did Kenny Clark have a big game, TJ Slayton had a big game, but you saw Kirk Cousins not being able to not being able to communicate in a normal way with his center definitely made an impact on the plays they were calling, the checks they can make at the line. So it's obviously going to be, I think, like you said, the biggest piece of this whole injury report is Frank Ragnow. If he is not out there, that's that's a total game changer for that offensive mm-hmm. line. He's like that staple in the middle. We all know how important a good center is for the offense, the consistency of it all, and for the run game. I mean, in my opinion, the key for the Packers – in this game is to stop Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift and that offensive line is banked up. It will definitely help the Packers stop them. So let's, I mean, from a standpoint of a Packers fan, let's just say Frank Ragnow is not able to go or he goes and ends up getting tweaked. That's why I think the Evan Brown injury is just so impactful because he's like a swing guard center, similar like a Lucas Patrick that the Packers have previously had a guy that can play inside and he would, I believe be their backup center at that point. Um, so then you would look to see how the trickle down works when they have, they're already the backup guard already out. You don't know if Ross Pierschbacher, um, journeyman center that's been around the league a ton, different practice squads and across about a handful of teams, if he would fall into place. So I think it's just like the shuffling that would happen internally for the Lions offensive line, which would be, um, very large. So last one on the offensive side is a fullback of no real, I mean, he's, I know he's gotten some snaps. Fullbacks are far and few between in the NFL at this point. Uh, Jason Cabinda, he's questionable yeah. with the knee. DNP on Wednesday, limited, limited, Thursday, Friday. So he has a questionable designation. Just to recap from the offense, um, Awasika, the backup guard, he is out with an ankle. The fullback, who I mentioned, questionable with a knee. And Jeff, or excuse me, Frank Ragnow, questionable with that foot, which would be the one you're circling at home on your injury report that would be the one i would definitely be noting um come six o'clock or an hour and a half before the game on sunday night football and then uh it no one with a designation but just justin jackson third string running back for them full participant all week with a hip let's move to the defensive side of the ball eli we got michael brockers d-line uh solid interior guy for them ankle d or excuse me dnp on thursday and friday questionable interesting to see a guy literally didn't practice all week with an ankle and is questionable going to the game yeah. if i had to guess i would say he's probably not going to play just off of you know doing this for 17 weeks um this being the 18th one just seeing how that kind of trends with a lower body injury I, my guess is he won't play but will that'll remain to be seen deshaun elliott with the shoulder limited all week questionable i think he's probably going to go if i had to bet on it and then jeff akuda obviously their stud ohio state uh, cornerback that was drafted the last couple of years. He's battled injuries year after year since he's gone into the league with an elbow l- not listed on the injury report Wednesday or Thursday, limited participation on Friday. Mm. Um, he is questionable. So if I had, if I had to say the three that I think a number one, I think that the more you know notable players between Brockers, Akuda, and Ragnow, but I would say on the defensive side of the ball, Akuda and Brockers are definitely the ones that I'm, would be more worried about if a Lions fan based off of not necessarily the injury for Okuda, definitely more for Brockers, but just like they didn't really practice all week and they're questionable going to Sunday's matchup. Yes. Um, that's kind of where I see the biggest would be the biggest issue for the the Lions defense and that secondary there. Yeah, I think uh, definitely Brockers. I mean, he's a veteran player. 
we all know that, you know, he might be a little bit up there in age by now, but he makes plays. He's definitely a smart player. And I think, uh, you know, a reason kind of like what you mentioned earlier with it being week 18, you know, teams are probably going to be less, you know, not as quick to rule guys out, you know, give them an extra day, see if they could tough it out. So that's what I assume it is for Brockers. Like if you're not going to practice Thursday and Friday, it's pretty unlikely you're going to play, but I guess week 18, why not stretch it as far as you could? And then in terms of Okuda, I mean, yeah, that that's obviously a big deal to see him uh, if he would not be playing. And also, I mean, to go from full practice on Wednesday and Thursday to limited on Friday, you never want to see that. You never want to see later in the week a guy with a worse designation than the day before. So definitely an injury to keep an eye on. And yeah, like you said, he's definitely battled a lot of injuries in his career, but he, he does have plenty of raw talent. And if he's not out there, it'll obviously give uh, the Packers receiver some amount of an advantage on the outside. 100%. Like, besides these injuries, I'm trying to go back here. I want to check real quick. I don't even think... Oh, Kuda did play in the first game. I thought for some reason when we did this, he didn't. The other one, that I, I do recall that they had a banged-up secondary when we did play them. It seemed, like, From memory, it seems like a lot of these guys did play going back to the box score and just looking at some snaps that occurred. The mm-hmm. one I am kind of omitting, I guess, and kind of just putting under the rug, is that Deshaun Elliott one with the shoulder being a safety? I think that is... Um, that's large. Like he is a starter for them, um, or at least has been the last couple of weeks. I think that's another one. If you look in comparison to Frank Ragnall one, a guy that might go who is questionable with an injury, but that's an injury that he's limited with all week and could flare up middle of the game and end up taking him out. Um, unlike the you know Akuda one where it's just an elbow, I feel like you can kind of play through it or shoulder, kind of making some tackles that might flare up at some point, you might have some issues. Um, and we'll see how they can go. But Ultimately, man, like it's it's really limited as far as the injuries for the Packers. Obviously, the Lions have some that I think are uh, super impactful. Those three that I mentioned, Brockers, um, Okuda, and Ragnow, I think are the most important. Deshaun Elliott probably could be a, a situation that we could see flare up during the game, but those are really the four on their side that I see. And we always like to bring up, like you, you reminded me before we recorded, just like the injury report, or excuse me, the IR. No one really on the IR for them. Um in, in the terms of the Lions, that is anyone of note. They've been essentially healthy with some stars this year. They've lost a couple guys along the way, but no one that's caught on the injury uh, injury report, or excuse me, IR, since we previously recorded. But this is what it looks like. I, I guess I want your final thoughts on this game, Eli. A lot of people have been talking about um, – I heard a little bit more rumblings on Thursday and Friday when we got the playoff picture a little bit more. Um, it seems like, you know – depending on what happens in that Seattle game. And if I'm right, do you, do you remember who Seattle plays by chance off, offhand? They, yeah, I believe they play the Rams. Rams. Okay, so – and Rams are withholding a bunch of guys from it, this game. Like they yeah. um, they already said Aaron Donald's not playing. Obviously, they have a ton of other dudes throughout this year that's been that's been banged up. I think if you're – and it's just a hypothetical. Like they play obviously before the um, – they play at 325, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah, 325. Like – Basically, if the Rams win, which is unlikely, then all the Lions, whoever wins this game would get in essentially, right? Lions versus Packers. Like, how the hell would you potentially, like, keep that under wraps? And even if you're Dan Campbell, because I saw saw people talking about today just on, like, sports broadcasts and what and some streams. And it's like, how do you keep that under wraps? And, like, number two, like, you know damn well this being a road game, as soon as they find out who's, you know, winning that game – in Lambo, wouldn't you think the press announcer would just they'd have that on the scoreboard instantly? Like, how would you even control if you're Dan Campbell? But like, I just think it's a it's a tough scenario for him to be in. But I do feel like of all the coaches that deal with it, he's probably a pretty good one to pick. 
Yeah, I definitely was going to say that of, of all the coaches, uh, he, he doesn't seem like really someone who it's not going to affect him. That's that's what I would say. Seattle's not going to change the way he coaches this game. And if anything, if Seattle wins, it might just make him more aggressive, which in my opinion, I'd probably rather not see. Um, but yeah, it will be hard. I don't know how he can think realistically he's going to keep his team away from seeing that result. Even if they turn off all the TVs in the locker room and they tell guys not to go on their phones, which is already pretty unlikely. But like you said, even if they don't put it on the on the board, Packer fans will be yelling it. They'll be saying, your season's over, you're done, Seattle. Like, There's no way Detroit players are going into the game without knowing the outcome of that Seattle game. But I don't know about you. There's almost a part of me that feels like it might just be better if Seattle loses. And again, it's unlikely against the Rams, but I just feel like if you're a team with absolutely nothing to lose, I mean, they may just go out there and, you know, go for it at every other fourth down and do, you know, fake punts and a fake field goal and a surprise onside kick. And yes, those things can blow up in their face and work in the Packers advantage, but I don't, I don't want this game to get weird is what I'm saying. Let the two teams go out there, let the best team win. I don't want it to turn into a, playoff game for one team and a spoiler game for the other is that it makes it a bit weird for me again I'm taking the Packers either way but just part of me feels like if Detroit comes in there with technically nothing to play for it's kind of going to give them everything to play for and just put it all out there on the field that's a good spin zone I'm actually I like that so I'm going to say I definitely want the we want the Rams to win then correct that's what we're we want the Rams to win yeah, for me, that's how I feel about I it. I like that because, like, honestly, like, the way the offense has been playing for the Lions, I think it's a super dangerous matchup. Obviously, everyone in Pack-A-Day and all the episodes leading up is, like, we've been talking about that all week. But it's, like, that Ben Johnson offense, kind of some of the, you know, the weapons they have, some of these underrated guys between uh, Raymond, Reynolds, uh, Armand St. Brown, and then, of course, like, Jamison Williams. It's, like, it's a dangerous situation to be in. Where, yeah, Bill Chark, who's been making plays – DJ Shark's one I've been yeah I actually forgot about him on Monday we were doing the stream like he's another one like I don't know I I'm predicting a high score in this game just based off of how great Jared Goff has played recently the Packers are the last team to actually intercept him back when they played in that 15-9 just ugly game but I, I that that it'll be interesting to see how that impacts the game because I'm sure we'll find out I mean there'll be people at the stadium uh, that we'll see on Twitter that'll tweet about hey they they had mentioned that the Seahawks won or lost, and like it would be interesting to see how Dan Campbell handles that. Handles that as a you know head coach going in is basically is probably his most you know most meaningful game in his yeah. career and the way he's turned this team around. Um, you know the last couple you know last month and a half just with the defense the way it's been playing and the offense really hitting its stride um, late in the season. But it's gonna be a wild game, man. I'm super excited. I don't know what to expect. I know that um, the last couple games that I remember end of the year versus the Lions have been crazy. Obviously the Matt Flynn one comes to mind. I was at that game. It was just an insane game. Oh, like, awesome. And I feel like there's been so many games, even just not at the end of the year versus the Lions recently, where it's just been just obscure. Like, like, you know, you have the Hail Mary, you have the, what was the other, like just the, the, the yeah, ugly game mean, towards the end of the Mike McCarthy. Uh, yeah. McCarthy towards the end. And then, I mean, even the Packers, like I think they've, they've won or clinched two divisions over in LaFleur's era against the Lions on two Mason Crosby game-winning kicks. And, yeah, Lions games, they get weird. I think they get weirder at Ford Field than Lambeau, but they still get pretty weird. And it's like the other thing is, too, it doesn't like – and this is like a better Lions team, right? This isn't like a shitty Lions team that we've seen in the, before. So it's like, okay, if they've already gotten weird, now they have a team that can actually you know move the ball on offense and they have that run game. 
Like yeah. it's just a it's a dicey situation to be in. I'm super stoked. I think it would be on I would be shocked if somehow the Packers lost this game just based off of I'm sure Aaron's going to go out there and give his very very best. He's going to motivate these young receivers. The defense has playing, been playing great. Um, I just I it would be almost impossible. Just everything seems so tightened up from the last couple of weeks we've seen from the defense of the special teams. It's really just the offense has to hold its own and, yeah. you know, and run who, the ball. Who think we would ever be talking about the Packers' offense having to hold their own, and we're praising the defense and special teams. I mean, what is this world we're living in? But it's great. Look, if I have to rely on Aaron Rodgers to turn it up or our secondary or our kickoff return team, whatever it is. I'd much rather rely on Aaron Rodgers. And just, you know, a quick thought, like the fact that we're doing this with Aaron Rodgers not playing near his best, just imagine, you know, him turning it on even even 20% more than he already has come playoff time. That That's a totally different team and an extremely dangerous one, in my opinion. 100%. 100%. Like, I would much rather, you know, if you would have told me, if I would have just been in basically asleep from August till now. And I see the way the Packers have been playing last couple weeks. I'd be very optimistic just based off of like, you always want to be playing your best ball going in. We've seen the Packers have some really, really good seasons and all of a sudden kind of trickle in towards the end of the year into the playoffs. I think they're, I mean, regardless of record, I think they're playing pretty damn good football right now. And it might, they might be a scary team if and when they make the playoffs. And that's kind of been the narrative around the entire NFC, right? From, um, you know, the way that the Niners are playing, the way the Bucks are playing, the way the Packers are playing. And there's teams yeah. on the, you know, even the Jags, the Chargers, like there's teams on the AFC side too, which are just scary teams. But we'll see what happens, man. 720 kickoff, Lambo time on Sunday. SNF obviously got flexed and it's just, it's going to be wild. I'm super ecstatic for these games. We're going to have some Saturday games to hold you over um, for some playoff ramifications. But really like come 720 on Sunday, I cannot wait for this kickoff in Lambo. And it's just like, it's, it's do or die, and we'll see who you know. We'll probably have a better idea of the playoff picture come that kickoff, but it's really just win and get in, and whatever happens at that point, you, like McCarthy said, you get into the dance, you get into the playoffs, and like anything can happen. It's it's the second season um, in the NFL. Yeah. Eli, let everyone know as we wrap up here what you got going content wise, where we can get a hold of you, and um, where you deal with uh, Zach Jacobson and Janelle Mackey when she's not acting up um, on a weekly basis. Of course. So, uh, yeah, make sure to check out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central open book with myself, Janelle Mackey and Zach Jacobson. And then you can find just about all of my other content on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. Uh, for myself, you can find me Matt Freilich on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. We'll hopefully be doing a preview of a wildcard matchup next week. Um, yeah. for your Saturday episode of Pack-A-Day Podcast. If not, we'll see what that episode ends up entailing. Um, as far as my other content I put out, Monday's 8 Central Standard Time on Final Dump, or excuse me, on uh, Game on Wisconsin social pages for the Final Dump stream with me and my boy Brendan Dorzinski. Again, hopefully it's a recap of an incredible SNF win versus the Lions. Hopefully it's not a season recap. Um, but at that point, we will basically break down everything that happened in week 18, flush it, and then get into the next week of the playoffs or get, flush the entire season and get ready for the 2023 offseason. But hopefully, fingers crossed, optimistically, it is a win versus the Lions. I don't care how it happens. I think it's going to be, you know, I expect the high points. Um, I believe the Lions last I checked were f- uh, 
underdogs by four and a half. If I was a betting person, I would take the lines with the points. I think it's going to be a really close game in this one at Lambeau on Sunday Night Football. But for Eli Berkovitz, Janelle Mackey, who is resting her immune system after a victory in Lambeau Field versus the Minnesota Vikings in her home state, I am Matt Freilich. You guys be well. Take care. And as always, go yeah, back go. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done